0: let's just turn our affections keep our affections on Jesus right now lift your hands lift your hands to him oh Jesus we love you oh Jesus we love you we love you we love you we love you Lord 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 Lives belong to you, Jesus. If that word was for you right now, maybe you just need to tell the Lord that you just trust him, Lord. I just lay that thing at his feet right now. Whatever that is, that thing you're like, I can't figure out what's going on, Lord. Just put it at his feet. Or that thing is missing. Lord, I need this. I'm in need, God. I don't have what I need. Just put that before his feet. Right now, Jesus, we are looking to you. We are taking our eyes off of ourselves. We're even taking our eyes off of the puzzle, off of our lives, off of the situation, off of what we see, Lord, with our, just our physical eyes. And we're putting our eyes upon you, O oh Lord. We are trusting in you, God. We are saying, I'm going to trust you even though I can't see. Even though I can't figure it out, God, I'm going to trust you anyway, Lord. just going to love you we're just going to trust you we're going to pour our affection upon you we're going to put ourselves at the feet of Jesus and let you be God let you be the master let you be the Lord let you be the king thank you Lord hallelujah Lord thank you Jesus hallelujah you are so good, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. Let's just give him some praise one more time. Jesus, you're good. Hallelujah. Jesus, you're good. Lord, you're good. Lord, you're good. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and sit down for Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Narda. Appreciate that. Well, if you want to open your Bibles to the Book of Philippians, we are we are there. It's our third week in Philippians, and so we're going to continue on in that. If you can't find it, it's right after Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, in the New Testament. We are in verse 20. We're going to start in verse 21. Uh, we've been going through the, uh, the first section of Philippians. And this is a letter that was written to the church in the Philippi. And you're like, why is that relevant to me? Well, there is so much in this book that applies to human beings' lives. And so even though he was writing to somebody, a group of people, you know, around two thousand years ago, uh, we can apply it to today's life, and that's what the Bible is. It's the living Word of God. It's the Word of God for right now, and so we're believing that God's going to speak to us from His Word as as we dig into it today. Amen? Amen. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to reveal the Word of God to us and lead us into all truth as we read it together. So we're gonna we're gonna read verse twenty one. Uh, and to the, to the end of chapter 1, verse 30. So if you join me there, uh, you can follow along in your Bible or on the screen. It says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Reminder, Paul is in prison while he's writing this letter. He's been in prison for his faith. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Whatever happens, whatever happens, that's a good word right there, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. So remember, Paul started his journey in the city of with the Philippians by getting thrown in jail. And now he's in jail again. So he's saying, look, I've been through this before. You know what I went through this one time when I was with you, and I am going through it again. But I want you to be faithful, and I want you to know that to live is Jesus Christ. That's it. And that's kind of the whole theme of this book, is basically to live as Christ, to die is gain. In other words, I'm going to live my life as if Jesus is it. As if there is no other option. You know when you have other options? Th- here's a funny story. Uh, I'm going to tell my options, options story here. Uh, when uh, And some of you probably, there's a few of you that heard this, but many of you have not. When Ashton and I were first getting together, there's a, there a, there a man in, in our church uh, that, was, that was Jerry and Marie Knutson, a couple in our church, an older couple who served here and uh, were with us. And... I guess they had moved. Had they, gone, had they moved? No, they hadn't moved yet. So they, we had just met them, and they hadn't even moved here yet. So they, they later on moved to Midland with us. But Ashley and I were just starting to get together, and I went to Foursquare Convention. And so that's the big gathering of all the four-square leaders from all over the world. There's usually between three and 5,000 people in these gatherings. And so I saw uh, this, this man. He was, trying to, he was trying to find someone for me because I was single. I wasn't married. So this was a long time ago, okay? More than I've been married a long time. So uh, 17 and a half years. And so we went there, and he's like, hey, how's it going, you know? And he's like, hey, I've, I got someone for you. And you know that you may want to meet. I mean, he's talking about a young lady uh, saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm hooking you up, brother." <laughs> and so I said, "Well, you know, there's actually I'm just now beginning a relationship with somebody." But I and I said this, but I guess it doesn't hurt to keep your options open. <laughs> so forever, that's been the joke. Is like somehow I don't know why I said that. <laughs> But the one I was getting together with was Ashley, and so uh, there was, thankfully, I didn't have to keep my options open. But sometimes, you know, we don't want to live like that with Jesus. Like, in other words, yeah, I've got Jesus, but I'm going to keep my options open for something else. If someone else be- if something else better comes along, I'm just going to say, I'm just keeping my options open. I'm going to go with whatever's easiest or whatever seems convenient or whatever is right in front of me at the moment, rather than say, no, to live as Christ and the die is gained. And so Paul is like, he's got, like Paul, we know Paul is sold out, he's totally, he's to, so in, into Jesus that he says, I just want to go to heaven. Don't you say that? He says, I long to depart and be in heaven, not to escape. There's a difference between wanting to escape life and wanting to just be with Jesus. Some people just want to escape life. In other words, this is so bad, I just want to get out of here, whatever this is. No, that wasn't Paul. It wasn't because life was so hard. It wasn't because he'd he'd been beaten again and imprisoned again or had all these hardships. He's saying, I love Jesus so much, I just want to be with him. It's better to depart that I could just go be in his presence. But he says, but because of you, I'm still here. Think about that. It's not, he's not saying it's not because of me I'm still here. It's not so I can get something from this life. It's not so that I can still accomplish something. It's not so I can still, you know, check off my bucket list. You know, things like, well, I'd really like to do this before I died. So, I, you know, I don't want to go yet, God, because, you know, I haven't finished my list. You know, so I wanted to go to Europe or I wanted to do this or I wanted, I wanted to get married or I wanted to have kids or I wanted to see, have, see my grandkids. There's always something else that can be in the future that can have our have our gaze and our eyes fixed upon it. But Paul says, look, I I just want to be with Jesus. But he's told me I'm here, not for me, not so I can accomplish something in my life, but so I can be a part of your life. In other words, I am here on earth for someone else. And for Paul, that was it. He's like, if I'm not here on earth, I'm not here for me. Because the thing for me is to be with Jesus. The best thing for me is to be with Jesus. Man, what if we... Have you had a longing like that for the Lord? I mean, I read this and go, I don't know that I'm here. I, I, be honest with you, I'm I'm still kind of one of those ones that are like, yeah, you know, my kids are still growing up. You know, I got all this thing, you know. Man, I'd like to be married. I'd make it... Maybe twenty fifth year anniversary, you know that'd be cool, right? Uh, maybe thirty five, maybe fifty, maybe seventy. Well, I'll be too old, but <laughs> maybe. You know, there's always there's always something, but it's like Paul had this like singular focus on the Lord, where he's like, I do just want to be with Him. I I really I really do. I really just, Jesus, you're enough. That you're you're what I want. You're what I desire. And so my prayer for this is, Lord, help us have this heart so that while we're here on earth, it's not just about me. That I'm here, that my life, as he says, uh, that my life remaining here is going to be for your progress, for your success, and for your joy in the faith. I'm going to continue to give myself, and then we're all going to rejoice, and we're all going to celebrate Jesus together. So he had this longing for heaven but he stayed on earth and he was fruitful. And so there's, there's, there's this tension going on. And so there can be this tension. So we can just invite the Lord to say, give me a longing for you. I know I say this a lot, but I'll say it again. Maybe there's somebody here who needs to hear it. But growing up in church, for me, the, the return of Jesus was always scary. It was always like, oh my gosh, Jesus is going to come back. And all these horrible things are going to happen right before he comes. And then, you know, there's, you know, are you going to get out before? Are you going to have to stay? And all those arguments that people have. I mean, I have the right answer. I'll let you know later. But, um, I mean, we all think that, right? Uh, But, you know, we, we don't really know. We don't know how it's all going to play out for sure in all the details and stuff. And so, But it was like a scary thing when it should be a good thing where we're like, yes! If the return of Jesus scares you and you're a follower of Jesus, let him change that for you. Let him change scared to longing and desire. Let him change fear into love. Perfect love casts out fear. And so I don't have to be afraid of Jesus coming back. It's like, what if I'm doing something bad when he comes back? Well, if you're a child of God, you're not worried about what you're doing. You're longing for one that you love. And if you aren't a follower of Jesus, you should be scared of him coming back. If you have not given your life to Jesus and you've not submitted to him as your Lord and Savior. Lord and Savior. Not just Savior. Lord. Is he the master? Is he directing your life? If he says something, you do it. If he says don't do it, you don't do it. In other words, you're, you're submitted to him his lordship in your life you're saying the word of god is my supreme authority on what god says and i'm going to follow this even if it doesn't if even if i don't like it and you know that you're a child of god but you can become a child of god it's easy you just have to submit your heart to him You just have to repent. You turn away from your way of doing things and say, God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to to walk the other way. I'm going to leave my old life behind. I'm going to repent and I'm going to believe in Jesus, that Jesus died for me, that he rose again for me, that he's sitting in heaven for me, that he did it so I could be saved. So if you haven't given your heart to Jesus and you're sitting here today, you need to do that before you leave. You need Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We'll have people that will pray with you up front at the end, if that's you. So Paul goes on and he says, whatever happens, verse 27, whatever happens, whatever happens. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like one of those option things. Like, I'm going to follow God unless this happens. But if this happens, I'm out. Peace out. I mean, have you ever done that with somebody? You're like, I'm all good with you, but if you do this, I'm out. You know, if, you know I'm going to go do everything with you, but if you get on an airplane and you're going to jump out of it with a parachute, I'm out. <laughs> okay, I don't, I'm not saying that's true for me. It might be true for you. I don't know if I'd get on the airplane. That's what I'm saying right now. I'm, you know, I'm still not, not sure if I want to do that uh, for fun. Um, <laughs> if I have to do it, I'll do it. Uh, but for entertainment i don 't know i mean there 's there 's these things but it 's like whatever happens, in other words, no exceptions it 's not there 's not like an opt out clause don 't you like don 't you we want opt out clauses now there 's no prenuptial agreement with jesus it 's like jesus i 'm going to follow you but but if this happens, you know. <laughs> No, it's, it's, it's a covenant. It's totally, it's totally all, all his idea. And I get to follow what he says. So whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that word like conduct yourselves in a manner, it, it's, all, it's only one word in Greek. Um, and it's the word politiomai. So you might hear some interesting root words in that. Politiomai means literally, it means to be a citizen. Or to rule or govern in a certain way. It was originally about, hey, hey, you're a member of a community and a society. Now live like, like that member of that society. And so what Paul is saying is, look, you're a citizen. He's going to say that later on. This is a key theme in Philippians. Hey, you're a citizen of heaven. You don't, you don't belong here on earth. Now, the city of Philippi was a Roman colony. So in those ancient days, citizenship, being a Roman citizen, was a huge deal. And so for that city, that was a big deal. So that's why Paul is focusing on that, because he's communicating them where they'll understand, hey, live like you're a citizen of somewhere else, even though you're in this earth. They would have all understand that. They would all become Roman citizens, and they would pledge allegiance, ultimately, to the emperor. As the Lord and Savior. That's what they do in Rome. I mean, the emperor was called Lord and Savior. He came to be called that. Now, there's some crazy emperors if you've done your history study, right? Uh, then you're like, gone. Whoa. But Paul is making a distinction. He's making a, he's making a, 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 a sharp contrast to say, look, we're not like that but we are like this. You know, when you travel, it's, it's very interesting, and any of you who have done traveling on missions will know this, that almost you can almost always, especially foreigners, they can almost always pick out someone who's from the United States. Usually it's a negative connotation, unfortunately. But they can always pick out, it doesn't matter what you look like, because, you know, there's no way you can look at someone and say, oh, they're a member. You know, I mean, look at our faces around. Here. We've got all kinds of different looks here, uh, different nationalities, different ethnicities. You know, we, it's not all the look, but we act a certain way, right? If you're a citizen of the United States, you just, you just have a certain way of carrying yourself. You have a certain way of acting. And when you travel, especially in somewhere like Europe, you know, I get my white face in Europe and, yeah, I look like all the other white faces in Europe. But guess what? They're, without a doubt, they're going to pick out and say, I know where he's from. That's an American. You can say that in Europe. When you go to Central American Honduras, you don't say you're an American. Just, just to clear it up, because they're Americans too. <laughs> American does not mean United States. In Europe, it does mean that. So, uh, But when you travel, you can pick out, a lot of times you can just pick out where someone is from and where they are a citizen from by what? The way... They act and carry themselves. And so Paul is saying that same thing. He says, Live your lives in a manner where someone goes, I recognize the gospel in you. I recognize the good news of Jesus in the way that you treat your wife. Uh oh. In the way that you do your job. That's a gospel person doing this job. That's a good news of Jesus person doing their job here. Not just like anybody else. I can pick them out from anywhere because they're a citizen of heaven. And they're living their lives as one worthy of the gospel of Jesus. We don't do that so we get into heaven, right? You know, we're not trying to follow a bunch of rules and be good people. We live differently because I am a part of heaven already. My name is already written in heaven. I already belong to the future even though I'm living in the present. I have been given the deposit of the Holy Spirit. And what does he say? He says that right here. He said, I want you to stand firm in the one Spirit. The way this happens in your life is Holy Spirit. Some translations of your Bible will say in one Spirit without a capital S. But the context of this is... And the next passage in chapter 2 and the way that Paul uses this phrasing, I will just say is this. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's not just saying like be in general, be in the same attitude, be, you know, be, be cool with one another. No, he's saying like you're going to be one in the Holy Spirit. And the only way that you can find unity is with the Spirit of God himself. You know, the Holy Spirit is the only one who can do this work in us. He's the only one that makes us look like a citizen of heaven. You know, we can't do it on ourselves. We're not supposed to, not supposed to transform ourselves. We're not supposed to work ourselves up and try to be better people. We're not just supposed to have nice families and drive nice cars and nice neighborhoods. I mean, that's not what we were created to be as followers of Jesus. We were meant to look like Jesus, and the only one who can make us look like Jesus is the one who is Forever united and one with Jesus, Holy Spirit, who is one sent to earth, the Spirit of Jesus sent to earth. And so Paul says, look, you're going to stand firm in the one spirit. And guess what? The people in Philippi, in that city, the Philippians, they needed to know that they were not alone. I mean, it wasn't wasn't the Bible belt back then. You know, there's no Bible belt. So weird when I moved here the first time. From California. If you didn't know, I moved from California. It's so weird. They're like praying at the football games. It's like, whoa, weird. I mean, I like it, but it was good weird, but it's still weird. <laughs> you don't pray to no football games in California 30 years ago, 40 years ago. You don't do, do nothing publicly for Jesus if it's related to the government or city or anything. There's nothing, There's no prayer before the city council meetings there. Totally secular. Been like that for a long time. Didn't just happen. Long time. Where was I going with that? (laughs) So it was just it was just it was just strange. But here's where I was going with that was this. When they became Christians in these cities, they were the first ones. They, they didn't have... It wasn't like they came to know Jesus and then they're like going, now I got a I got hundred different churches I get to choose from. It's like I go to a restaurant. I got so many options that I'm going, wow, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. That looks good. If I don't like that, I can go over here. <laughs> there was no option to do that. It was stick together and be one or die. That was it. I mean, they were facing intense persecution I mean, don't you know, when you show up and say, hey, this other guy is not the Lord and Savior. Jesus is the Lord and Savior. Why do you think Paul kept getting arrested? (laughs) We're inching towards that in our country. where When you take a stand for Jesus, you're going to need to know that you know the Holy Spirit... And also, you're going to need to know, as it says in the next verse, right? If they be one in spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel, you're going to need somebody else next to you. That we were never meant to do this alone. We were meant to live... uh, in relationship with God, but also relationship with one another. The two strengths, the two ways we stand firm in our faith is our relationship with the Lord through the Holy Spirit and our relationship with one another. If we don't have both of those, we're not going to stand as firm as we could in Him. And so we need both. We need the, we need the community, but we also need the Spirit. And it, what happens with that, it says... That when you do this, you're not going to be afraid without being frightened in any way. What does he say? Without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Uh, you have to have someone opposing you for you to be frightened, right? You have to have a reason to fear uh, if you're going to, hey, say don't be frightened. So there's a, there's a serious reason. Because look, Paul was in prison in Philippi and then now he's in prison again. And Paul's saying, guess what? You get to follow me as I follow Christ. Let me think about that for a second here. (laughs) Is that worth it? Well, he knew Jesus enough to say, Paul was like, it's worth it for me because I know Christ. It's worth it for me because I know him. But when you stand together, you're not going to be frightened. You're going to do it without fear. Man, fear has been running rapid like crazy recently, right? Fear of all kinds of stuff. We're afraid that our country is going to disappear. What if it does? What if it does? What if everything changes? Are are we going to be afraid about that? Or are we going to stand firm for the gospel and say, I'm going to live a gospel life, whether I look like communist China, or whether I look like Honduras, or whether I look like some other country, that I am first Jesus. It's hard. It's hard. For good old conservative West Texas, for us to say that, I hope I'm not just saying that as some transplant. I'm a Texan now. I've lived here longer anywhere else in Texas, so I'm am I'm, I'm a Texan. I don't even when I go back to California, it seems like a foreign land now. Okay, so I hope that means I'm I'm finally in. But but life is life may not continue to be the way it's always been. And we can't let the fear of what could happen keep us from living a life in the present of what God wants to happen right now. Now is the day. Now is the time to live for Jesus. It's not, it's not wait till I get this together. It's wait, not wait till I get my life together. Now let's stand firm for Him. Let's, let's go for it. To live as Christ and to die is gain. one translation of you know standing together is like it's side by side you know there's a unity that happens when we walk together um, isn't it exciting when you do something with someone else for jesus i mean when you get together with other people and you're on a mission i mean that's why a mission trip is so amazing I see Mr. Terry is gone. I was going to look back at him for a second. But you know, that's why we love mission trips. Why? Because you get to stand side by side with someone and carry out a mission of the gospel. How it's so fun. It's great to do it. That's why we're not meant to do it alone. That's why we want to partner together with not only us and with others and say, let's live the gospel together because it's exciting and it also takes away our fear. Remember, Jesus sent them out what? Two by two. That's good. It's sometimes good because when you're going to knock on somebody's door and say, Is there anything I can pray with you about? I'm not saying you have to do this, but maybe you should. Take someone along with you. Take someone you think, Hey, we're going to go pray and we're just going to go find people in Dollar Tree, right, Mr. Michael? When you have somebody else with you, sometimes you'll do things you, you don't normally do. You're like, can I pray for you? You're like, would I do that on my own? I don't know. But if I got somebody with me who's on the same team, it kind of minimizes that fear factor and says, you know what? I can stand up for Jesus. So don't, don't go it alone. I mean, that's why it's so important to just be connected with people ...that are following Jesus. Because he's saying, look, you're going to do this together. You're one in the Spirit and you're one heart together as you're living this. And it says this is a sign to them, quote, that they're being destroyed... ...but that you're being saved. In other words, you know, there's something that happens when we stand up courageously... ...like we talked about last week, that Paul said, I want the courage. You know, when we stand up courageously and live for Jesus, people notice. People are going to notice that you're taking a stand for something... So, do that again. So, uh, I want to close here with this last section. It says this For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him, since you're going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. I love how Paul says that. You know, in other words, you know, it was hard for me when I was with you, and I just let you know uh, it's still very challenging. <laughs> I'm still being put in prison. I'm still having all these people come against me. I'm being opposed. I'm getting kicked. I'm being mobbed out of cities and stuff. I mean, this Paul was so hardcore. But he says this, I've got I've got God's grant program for you. How you know what a grant is? I mean, grant sounds cool, right? You know, have you ever heard of like, you know, you get a grant for school, like those of you that are coming to, you know, a Pell Grant is the, the federal government's way to give you money for school, or you have like somebody who's really rich and they say, hey, we're, we're going to give out grants to, uh you know, organizations that are doing work in the community so you can get a million dollars or whatever for this. You are granted that. God's grant program is a little bit different, though. In this scripture, he says it's been granted to you, Uh Released unto you, the word there is actually to grant as a favor in kindness. And what's God's grant? To suffer and believe. Wait wait a second, Lord. I thought... <laughs> is that it? Is there another option? Like, you know, if I don't want to go to that college... <laughs> Is there like university easy, not university suffering, you know? How do I choose that one? That mascot is really, uh, the mascot of the suffering servant, you know, is kind of uh, really, really morbid, <laughs> you know? Is, is there the one of like the victorious king one? He's like, yeah, you get that one too, but uh, you got to have both. You got, you get both. Now, there's a lot of different ways. So God says, hey, guess what? It's been granted. It's a this is God's gift to you. You're like, oh man. Some you mean some of the hard things I'm going through in life? God's gifting it to me? Yeah. It says He's granting it to you as a favor and kindness. Now, some of our suffering is this. We get we suffer in like three different ways, I think. Number one, this is all just me coming up with this. Some suffering is self inflicted, right? We do something stupid and we suffer for it. That can be physically, that can be relationally, that can be financially, uh, that can be whatever. Uh, we, it's our own choice and we get, the consequence of our choice comes on our life and we suffer for it. That's not what God's talking about here. That's not what Paul's talking about here. He's not, you know, not those types of suffering. There's also the suffering of this. We just live in a broken world. You know, we, we just live in a messed up world and things are broken and they don't all work right. Our bodies don't all work right. Our relationships don't all work right. The world doesn't work right. The government definitely doesn't work right. Um, you know, all kinds of things are messed up in our world. But, you know, and we suffer for it. There's things that, that happen in our lives that are just like because we live in a fallen world. There's other fallen people and things are happening. And it's just like this is not heaven yet. Just a just a reminder. This is not heaven yet. But some suffering, and this is what is being talked about here, is due to taking a stand for our faith, for living for the gospel. That's the suffering that's been granted to us in kindness, is that when you live for Jesus, somebody's going to make fun of you. Somebody's going to talk about you behind your back. Somebody's going to say something against you and say, well, you don't have to be so holy and righteous about that and try to... You know They try to maneuver and make you feel guilty for you living for God. In some countries, of course, they suffer literal prison and torture and all those different things. We haven't gotten to that place yet. Some people have lost financially in our country because of stands they have made for their faith. That's suffering. You, you suffer and you, you lose something on earth, but you certainly are gaining something in heaven. And so Paul is saying, hey, look, he, I'm not, he's not sugarcoating it. He's not trying to make a pretend thing for them to say, look, this is going to be easy. In fact, I, don't, I haven't found that in the Bible yet. <laughs> Have you found it in the Bible where it says this is going to be super easy? It's Ephesians chapter 7. Some of you don't know that there's only six, but anyway, whatever. <laughs> John chapter 22, whatever, Revelation 23. It's like, is, is there that one more? And then after this, you know, after a certain amount of time, it gets super easy. <laughs> no, that's just not in the Bible. Like, that's, that's heaven. The only way to get to super easy is to die or have Jesus come back. Maybe that's why Paul says to live is Christ, to die is gate. That's going to be Easy. But for now, I get to offer up a life, and I get to offer up worship, and I get to offer up faith and trust God in the middle of stuff where the pieces don't all fit. I mean, how annoying is that? First of all, I don't like puzzles. My wife loves puzzles. She's not in here today. Like, she likes them so much, she's like, I want this puzzle put away, but... I have to finish it first. I'm like just tear the thing up. Who cares, right? That's what I'm saying. Get that thing off the table. <laughs> we don't we don't need that cuz I this is how I do puzzle. All right, we got the outside. That's it. <laughs> I don't want to go looking for you know, some stupid piece with some little princess's head on it or something like, who cares? <laughs> I don't care what Disney princess that is or what design that thing is or how amazing it's going to look. Like, I'm done. I'm out. Like, if it has a corner on it or a flat piece, I go, that goes on the side. <laughs> we want all the puzzle pieces to fit. such a good word, Ashley. Thank you for sharing what the Lord, Lord told you to us. But some, some of the pieces that God hands back to us are like, I don't even want this piece. <laughs> Right? It's like, like God is missing. He's like, here it is. You're like, oh, changed my mind. (laughs) Oh, you mean this is going to be really hard and difficult? Like, can we get a different puzzle here, Lord? (laughs) Is there another one in the game closet or something? Can we just pull that out? Like the 12-piece ones, I can do those. You know, they're like this big. (laughs) Yeah, I can see all of Mickey Mouse's head. Of course, I know where that goes. Right there. And his body is just the second piece. Boom. We want it to be easy. We want the puzzle piece. But, you know, God's like, look, this life is not a 12-piece puzzle. It's like one of those 5,000 ones where you're like, yeah, there's 2,000 pieces that look almost exactly the same. He's like, yeah, I I want you to trust me. I just want you to trust me. So if you're going through suffering, especially for your faith, Jesus is just saying, I want you to trust me. I want you to hold on to me. And I'm going to hold on to you. I mean, God has all kinds of promises. Yes, He's going to bless us. He's going to be there for us. He's going to make us overcomers. All those things are still true. But they're true in the middle of this other side that says, hey, you're, you're going to suffer through some things. I'm, giving you a, I'm doing you a favor to allow you to, to invite you into the life of Jesus. I mean, if you could be invited into the life of Jesus, we'd say, yeah, I want to be in the life of Jesus. But Paul says, look, it's the fellowship of his sufferings as well as the glory. Over and over, he's going to say it later in this book. Over and over again, he's inviting us to look to Jesus Christ, to look, to have our focus on him, to say our lives are submitted to him. Whatever happens, whatever may come my way, I'm going to follow Jesus. Amen. Let me pray over you. Stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the word. Thank you for speaking to us through your spirit, through your word this morning. Lord, we just, we just say we want to trust you. Lord, we want, to, we want to have a theology of suffering where Jesus Christ is at the center. We want to have a right view of what's going on right now, God, in our lives and in our situations and whatever we're facing And so we invite, we just say we fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We continue to look to you, Jesus. We continue to trust you. We continue to to hold up our hands and say, God, I can't do it without you. Lord, I'm trusting in you, Jesus. But I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to live my life in a manner that's worthy of the gospel. People are going to know what country I'm a citizen of. They're going to know that I belong to somewhere else, that I am a citizen of heaven, that I have been bought by the king of kings. I'm a child of his. I have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son that he loves. I am no longer darkness, but I am light in the Lord. And I'm going to live my life in a manner worthy of the gospel. And I'm going to long for you, Jesus, all my days. But I'm going to live on this life, Lord, giving myself for others. And I thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for making these truths real in our hearts, for helping us apply them to our daily lives. Lord, for letting us live in the power of not only your victory, but also the power of your suffering, God, that we can be overcomers uh, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Lord, we've got to have something to overcome if we're going to be overcomers. And so we thank you, Lord, that you have promised us that we are more than conquerors, Lord. But we know that that means there's things opposing us. There, are, there is a person opposing us. There are spiritual things opposing us. There are, there are natural things opposing us, God. And we have to be able to stand up in the midst of that and say, I'm going to still follow Jesus. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to stand firm in the faith. And I'm going to bring somebody with me so that I'm not scared. And so we thank you for that. Lord, fill us with a fresh impartation of wisdom and courage and grace and wisdom as we live life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you have never given your heart to Jesus, we're going to have some people up front here that would love to pray with you before you go. If you need prayer for anything, uh, get prayer from one of our leaders before you leave today. Uh, If you are interested in home group tonight, come see Mr. Michael right here in the front. Uh, or Mrs. Elizabeth when she gets back in here. So, God bless.